Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pena, and I'm bringing you today's word for November 16th, 2023. I'm teaching a series on, I did earlier this year, the miracles of Jesus. Now I'm doing the parables of Jesus. Guess what? Today we hit message number 100 in the parables of Jesus. This is pearls from the parables 100, part 100. I pray that you've been enjoying the series, that as we're going through these parables, you've been... Now, earlier in the series, I was taking my time and just spending like weeks on each parable. But then I was like, oh Lord, I'm running out of time for this year. So I need to kind of hurry up. So so I'm addressing, I'm you know, I'm praying about it, of course. And so I want to be led by the Holy Spirit, but I'm addressing the parables. We're, we're learning some things about them. And I do want to get through some more parables before we get to the end of the year, because I'm pretty sure that once I hit 2024, the Lord is going to lead me in a different direction. So today we're looking at another parable. It is the parable of the lost sheep. Now, the last few days I dealt with the parable of the workers. Man, I hope you enjoyed that. That was I, I love that parable. Put in the chat. If you enjoyed the parable of the workers, put something in the chat about that. But now I'm going to deal with the parable of the lost sheep. And the title of today's message is Your Value in God's Eyes. I want to put, put in the chat, I have value in God's eyes. Every one of us, each of us, we're individually, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And we all have value in God's eyes. That's what I'm going to talk about today. Get ready for the word. All right, so let's get into it. Before we actually get into the parable, uh, there's a scripture we've been looking at all year. We're going to look at it again today. The Bible says in Psalms 126 and verse 4, now, Lord, do it again. The reason why I keep reading this scripture to you is because entering into 2023 at our church, we believe that the Lord wanted this season to be a season of refreshing and restoring for us. And so I believe that it is important for you not to just say something in January, say, oh, this is what I'm believing God for. This is the theme for the year, and then not consider it throughout the whole year. If you want to be like, I'm a disciplined person, whatever we're doing, we're doing it for that period of time. And when I move on, I move on. But if we're going to be focused on something for the year, we should be focused on it for the year. So I've been reading this scripture to you all year. The Bible says, now, Lord, do it again. Restore us to the former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. Put in the chat, no dry areas for me. I don't want any area of my life to dry up. No, no, no. Any area that's dry, God is going to refresh me and restore me in this season. Say amen to that. All right. So brand new parable today. It's found in two places. It's found in uh, Matthew 18 and also Luke 15. So let me read both accounts. I'm going to read Matthew's account and then also Luke's account, both from the easy to read version. This is what the Bible says. Jesus is speaking and he says, well, if a man has a hundred sheep, but one, out of the hundred is lost, what will he do? He will leave the 99 on a hill and go look for that lost sheep, right? And if he finds that lost sheep, he is happier about the one. I'm talking, this is the heart of God. I'm I already sense the presence of God. He's happier about the one that he found than the 99 that he never lost. I can assure you in the same way. Jesus is saying, in the same way, your heavenly father does not want any one of his little children to be lost. Luke's account 
Then Jesus told them this story. Suppose that one of you has a hundred sheep, but just one of them gets lost. What will you do? Well, you would leave the 99. You leave them there in the field and go out and look for the lost sheep. And you will continue to search for that lost sheep until you find it. And when you find it, you're going to be very happy and you're going to carry it home and go tell your friends. You're going to go tell your neighbors, listen, I had a lost sheep, but today I found that lost sheep. In the same way, I tell you that heaven is happy. Heaven rejoices when one sinner decides to change, when one sinner accepts Jesus as Lord. There is more joy for that one sinner than for 99 good people that don't need to change. What does this mean for you today? Man, this is going to be so good. I'm just laying the foundation. Put it, put in the chat, Father, thank you for your love. I mean, his love, his grace is amazing. So as we study the parables, as we're going through parable by parable by parable, we get to this parable, the parable of the lost sheep. And I believe that it, it, it opens us up to give us a glimpse of God's relentless love for us. There's a song, I'm going to deal with it tomorrow, there's a, there's a song that talks about the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. The reckless love. is almost like God's love is reckless. It's almost like God's love for us is so crazy that it's almost irresponsible that he would leave the 99 to find the one. I'm going to deal with that tomorrow. Oh, my God. That song. I love the song, and I love the message, and it's based on this parable. I'm talking about this gives us a heart a glimpse into the heart of God. The heartbeat of God is this love and grace that he finds value in every person. God loves everyone everywhere. God loves every one of us. God, God loves us so much that he will leave the 99 to find the one. Just like a shepherd that leaves, it, it, it defies logic. It doesn't make sense. And, and so, so mathematically, it doesn't make sense. Like it, but, but he will, it doesn't matter. God, God will do stuff that doesn't make sense because that's how much he loves us. This is his heart. The boundless grace of God, the tireless commitment that God has for us. God will tirelessly pursue us and track us down all the days of our lives, even when we're in sin, even when we're rejecting him, even when we're living beneath God's best, even when we're doing things we're not supposed to be doing, even when we are lost, he pursues us. He tracks us down. And then when we repent and come home, heaven rejoices. Every, and he gets more joy over that than the 99 that didn't go anywhere. My God, it defines human reasoning, but it is the love of God. And so as I get into these uh, you know, truths for today and maybe and tomorrow as well about this parable, I pray that you open up your heart to receive about the amazing nature of God's love. I have three things to share with you this morning. You ready? Here's number one. Get ready to receive. I need you to open up your heart and focus in. Three things. Number one, here we go. Everyone has value in God's eyes. Put that in the chat. Everyone has value in God's eyes. I know that sometimes in this world, humans write people off. I know that in this world, sometimes humans fail to see the value in a person. Uh, and you know, for whatever. And of course, I told you, you know, people are, are messy. And so, so sometimes relationships are difficult, but I want you to know that God, even no matter how you treat him, no matter what you've done to him, he will never give up on you. No matter how far you go astray, everyone has value in God's eyes and he sees the value. Put in the chat, God sees 
the value. Every soul matters to God, just as the shepherd values each sheep. Every soul, it doesn't matter, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, male or female, young or old, rich or poor, every soul matters to God. Every person matters to God. God's love is personal. God's love is individualized. God knows us by name. Put that in the chat. God knows us by name. The Bible says every hair on your head is numbered. I like, I like to jokingly say that's every hair God put there and every hair you put there, right? Every hair on your hair on your head is numbered. I mean, like God knows you by name. God knows you like that. And so the act of leaving the 99 for the one, it illustrates the, the tireless pursuit, the irrational pursuit that God has for us, for each and every one of us. It doesn't make sense. Like, like if you're talking to a finance person and, and you know, this would be like, number one, one out of 99, that would be like what we call in the Pentagon a rounding error, right? Like that would be like palm dust or something. Like you just let that go. And God's like, no, I'm not gonna let that go. Everyone is important. Everyone is valued. Oh, come on. I'm not gonna put the 99 at risk because of the one. And God says, yes, I will. Because that's how much I love each person. This parable challenges us to see value in every person. This parable challenges us. It teaches us that in the kingdom of God, every soul is, is valuable. Every soul is worth a level of effort that many would consider reckless or irresponsible. Every soul is worth that level of effort. I mean, like, you know, so I, I was in the military for 25 years and if an American, especially if a service member, you know, got captured and then, you know, it's just one and, and one is behind enemy lines and the level of effort that the military will go to, to get that person back. Oh my God. And you say, is it worth it? Yes. If it's worth it like that to the military with the level of effort, I'm talking about, we will put aircraft, we will put teams, we will put units all at risk to save one. Why? Because we need to get them back. It doesn't matter that we have thousands over here. If one is over there, we're going to go get that one. And if, if we would do that and we're humans and we're flawed, how much more would our heavenly father do it? Our heavenly father saying, I would do, I would, there's nothing that I won't do to pursue you, to track you down. The shepherd's actions in this parable just reflect the heart of God. The heart of God is no one is too insignificant. No one is too far gone. No one is like, oh, there's one missing. Oh, but I didn't like that one anyway. No, no, no. God is like, no, every one of these sheep is important to me. Every one of these sheep is, is special to me. The shepherd spends time with each of those sheep and he knows them by name. I'm talking about God knows us and he knows us by name. And he called us, he, gave, he called us by name before our parents gave us a name. He already knew what the name was gonna be. I'm talking about like that. God loves us. Our value, our worth is not determined in our actions or productivity. This is performance-based religion. No, no, it, it is, it's not in our socioeconomic status. Our, our value in God's eyes is just established in our identity as God's beloved. Put in the chat, I am God's beloved. I am God's child. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God loves me with an everlasting and unyielding love. I know who I am because I know who I am in Christ Jesus. My identity is settled in him. I'm a child of the most high God. Be beyond a, a signature block or letters behind your name or titles in front of your name, forget all that. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. That right there, God sees me. Put in the chat. 
God sees me as his own. My value is in the fact that God sees me as his own. My value is in the fact that I am a child of the most high God. My value is in the fact that God loves me just the way that I am. And he loves me too much to leave me that way. I God sees value in us when we don't even see it in ourselves. God sees the value. And one of the things that I teach all the time is that that you need to see what God sees. Put in the chat, I see what God sees. I believe, put in the chat, I believe what God believes about me. Put in the chat, I base my opinion of me from God's opinion of me, glory to God. And so now I have to believe what God believes about me. I have to see myself the way that God sees me. I have to walk over to the mirror and say, as Jesus is, so am I in this world. I am a child of the most high God. I minister to myself. Hey, who do you think you are? You're a king's kid, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. You are a chosen generation. You are covered by the blood of Jesus. You are filled. I'm, I'm talking about preaching to myself. You are filled with the Holy Ghost. You are called according to the plan and the purpose of God. You are a anointed for such a time as this. You're the head, not the tail. You're above only, not beneath. You're the winner, not the loser. You're the victor and never the victim. Come on now. You're, you. This is who you are. Why? Because that's what God says I am. And I am what God says I am. And I'm going to do what God says I can do. And I can be who God has called me to be. And my opinion of me is based on God's opinion of me. In God's kingdom, this focus on the individual, I love it, doesn't diminish the value of the community. So watch this. In the kingdom of God, God loves us each as individuals, but his focus on the individual does not devalue or disconnect uh, the, the value of the overall community. Actually, it enhances it because when you know that you as an individual are God's beloved, say I'm God's beloved. When you as an individual, you know that you are loved by God, you are cherished by God, you are pursued by God, and you understand that God loves other people the same way, then now you're going to see value in them in a way that you had never seen value in them before. Because you think to yourself, I know how messed up I am. And if God loves me this way, then God loves them that way. And I'm supposed to love people the way that God loves me. When you get a revelation, let me say it this way as I close out my first point. When you get a revelation of the love of God, and what it does two things. Not, number one, not only will it give you a high self-esteem, right? You will never have a low self-esteem when you know who you are in Christ Jesus. But it also impacts the way that you value and esteem other people, the way that you respect other people, because you know that the, in the same way that God loves me, God loves them. And just like God says, I am, I'm valuable, they're valuable. And so I need to honor God's children the way that God honors me. Say amen to that. Put in the chat, I, I value others the way that God values me. All right, y'all ready? All right, number two, uh, the nature of God's pursuit. God's pursuit, look at it. The sheep is lost. He had 100, now he has 99. He's like, I don't know where the sheep is. Instead of waiting for the sheep to come back, he goes out there to look for it. God's pursuit is proactive and it is intentional. He actively is searching for the lost sheep. He is pursuing it and his pursuit is tireless. His pursuit is relentless. He doesn't stop because of ob obstacles. He, he will never give up. While there's blood flowing through your veins, God will never give up on you. While there's air flowing through your lungs, God will never give up on you. God's pursuit of us is a testament of his unconditional love and his unearned and amazing grace. I mean, this pursuit is not based on merit, is not based on actions, is not based on performance. It is just based on the unchanging 
character of God's love. God pursues you because God loves you because God is a good God and God wants to bless you because God wants to bless you because God is good. Not because you're good, but because God is good. Not because you did things right, but because he is right. And so, so I'm telling you, this is the gospel. This is the love of God, the shepherd's journey to go out there and find the lost sheep. It mirrors the heart of God. God will find us just like the shepherd finds the sheep. God will find us in our lowest moments. God will find us in our darkest places and he will bring us back home. God's pursuit is inclusive and it extends to everybody. It doesn't matter who they are, what they've done, what they look like, how old they are, none of that. It doesn't matter. God loves everyone everywhere, regardless of your past, regardless of your present. God will pursue you and God will track you down. You have not done anything to disqualify yourself. You've not done anything. to. You are not too far that God's hands can't reach you. You haven't done anything to get out there too far that the grace of God can't cover you. I'm telling you, God loves you. God loves you so much that he will pursue you and track you down all the days of your life. This is the gospel. Say amen to that. Number three, the joy of redemption. Number three, the last one for today, the joy of redemption. Obviously, I'm going to talk more about this tomorrow. The joy in finding the lost sheep reflects the joy that is in heaven when one sinner repents. In the parable, Jesus says, in the same way, like, like the same, he's like, picture the shepherd. He's, he's going out there looking for that sheep. And when he finds the sheep, boom, he's so happy. He's so joyous. He's rejoicing. He goes home. He tells all his friends, hey, today I had a lost sheep and I found the sheep. Oh my God. You know, I, we found that sheep today. Oh, to, and in the same way, Jesus says that there's rejoicing in heaven. When one sinner repents, when one sinner comes, says, hey, you know what? I want to accept Jesus as Lord. Redemption is not just a cause for personal celebration. It's a cause for a communal celebration. We're supposed to all rejoice. It should be a, a, a family. When when I'm praying for somebody at the altar and, I'm, and I say, hey, you know, I just preached on X, Y, and Z. If that's you, come up here. Let me pray for you. And then people come. And then a lot of people don't come, right? And you know, they're like, okay, now I'm good. And they stay in, the, in their seats. And then some people are like, oh, you know, I, I'm going to just leave because, you know, I don't need to get prayed for. Uh, let me just grab my bag and go. I'm like, well, wait a minute, we're a community. Maybe this word wasn't for you. Maybe this word didn't prick your heart the way that it pricked theirs, but we're about to pray for your brothers and sisters. Don't leave. How about you just stand there and pray? Let's set our faith in agreement. Stretch forth your hands. Why? We're a community. When God does it for them, whatever God is doing in their lives, you're supposed to rejoice with those that rejoice. You're supposed to weep with those that weep. If there's people up here that are going through something, that, that, that their marriage is at the brink of divorce, or they're struggling with thoughts of suicide, and they're battling all of these things, and you're not, how about we just stand one for another? Let's pray one for another. Let's build each other up and not tear each other down. It's not just, hey, I found the, 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 the one. No, in the context of the church, the 99 is supposed to rejoice over that one. We're supposed to rejoice when God does something for somebody. We're supposed to rejoice when God touches one person. And, and, and not only is heaven rejoicing, we're supposed to rejoice as well. There's a joy that transcends human understanding. I'm talking about this is a joy that reflects the depth of God's love for us. Say amen to that. We need to tell our story. Not, not only do we need to rejoice when God does it for somebody else, when God does something for us, we need to tell our story. We need to testify of the goodness of God. We need to showcase the mercy of God. We need to tell people, this is what God did for me. Why? Because it's a, it's a, it's a testimony. 
The Bible says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It is a testimony that what God did for one, God is no respecter of persons. What God did for me, he can do it for you. So we need to tell our story. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And then when we see this redemption, when we see one person being redeemed, it is an invitation for others to be redeemed as well. There should be a joy and a rejoicing that draws people to Jesus. But there should be a joy and a rejoicing that other people be like, man, I want to get in on that. There's a joy and a strength that comes from knowing that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that God loves us with an everlasting love, that we are unique in God's eyes. So when we see this lost sheep come home, it should remind us of several things. I'm going to give you three as I close. It should remind us, number one, we're never too lost, never too far that God can't find us and restore us. Number two, we're never alone. No matter how far we go astray, God will be there and he will urge us to come home. And then number three, we can never disqualify ourselves from the grace of God. Why? Because we never qualified in the first place. Jesus qualified for us. We serve a God that loves us so much that he sent his son to die in our place. So you have not done anything that you are too far out of God's reach. God loves you. He is there. He's pursuing you. He's waiting for you to repent. All he needs you to do is say, okay, daddy, I'm ready for a change. And God will welcome you into like the prodigal son. He will kiss you on the neck. He will bring you back in. He will say, kill the fatted calf. Let's rejoice in heaven. One of my children just came home. Say amen to that. Glory to God. This parable is showcasing the unearned grace of God. And this is the same grace that should empower us to go into every day knowing that I am God's beloved. God loves me with this unconditional love. And the love that God extends towards me and the grace that God extends towards me, I should extend it to other people as well. Recipients of grace should be extenders of grace. So the lost need to know that there's a loving God that wants to welcome them in. And the found need to know that we need to tell them that God loves them and that they haven't done anything to disqualify themselves from that love so that they can come back into the fold. This is the gospel, and we're, we're supposed to preach it every day. Look at me. Preach the gospel of God's grace every day. Use words if necessary. You get it? I want your life to preach the gospel. And you can use words when you need to use words, but your life, put this in the chat, my life testifies of God's grace. The way that I live my life, it should testify of the grace of God. My life testifies that it's not about me. It's all about him. My life testifies that I am not a self-made man. I didn't pull myself up by my own bootstraps. I'm here. I am who I am by the grace of God. And that very same grace is available to everyone, everywhere. Say amen to that. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. I come before you in awe of your relentless pursuit of me and your unconditional love. I acknowledge that I'm valued in your eyes, not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. You know me by name. And your love for me is personal. It's individualized. I'm grateful that you will never give up on me, even when I go astray. I'm reminded that I'm never too lost, never too far gone for your grace to reach me. 
Your love finds me in my darkest moments and you bring me back to the light. I declare that my life is a testimony of your grace. I commit to sharing your love, grace, and mercy with others every day in every way. Thank you, Father, for seeing value in me, even when I couldn't see it in myself. And you now help me to see value in all of your children. Living with this mindset, I know, greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow, I'm going to have another one. So please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, please go to todaysword.org. Click on the big red subscribe button. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Let me make a quick announcement. So tomorrow morning, I have to go on a trip in the morning, but I I, I don't want to like do a pre-recorded message. So tomorrow, I'm going to go live at 6 a.m. Some of you are up at that time. You can watch it live. If not, then at 7 a.m., just go to Facebook or YouTube and you're still going to see it. But I'm going to go live at 6 a.m. tomorrow. And so uh, if you come at 7, you can just watch what I had just said like an hour earlier. If you want to watch it at 6, you can watch it at 6. Uh, but um, yeah, I just I, I want to do it live before I go on a trip for the weekend. And I, I want to share the heart of God with you. And it's going to be amazing. Tomorrow, I'm going to talk about the reckless love of God. All right? So I love you. God loves you more. Do me a favor. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. And then number two, share the message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Have a great day. Greater is coming for you. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program, and Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity, and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material, and there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.